This is Bill McLive, iHeartRadio's talk for the Space Coast. With today's Common Sense on Common Radio. Here's Bill Mick. Galley Electric making hour three of our Monday morning possible on this 30th day of August 2021. You want to play along as we talk to Dave Bowman from the DaveBowmanShow.com. You're more than welcome to join us um, on the web, BillMick.com. All the stories we've got linked up today, ready to go there. Um, Dave, interestingly enough, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give Dave a new name here as uh, we get the hour started. It's Hurricane Dave Bowman. Dave, I think you're more obsessed with hurricanes than those of us who live in a hurricane-prone zone are. You know, it's like uh, everybody's got that that deep-seated, what do you call it, phobia or whatever. I'm not afraid uh-huh. of hurricanes, but but they do fascinate me. What, what, what draws your attention? Well, having been in one at sea, that kind of drew my attention. Uh, oh, were just, you really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't know we were oh, in one. Wait a minute, you served on a submarine. Yeah, you were I did. under it. Did it really bother you that well, much we, down there? We, we weren't under it because we thought we were. We thought we were a few hundred miles away from it. So they uh, they conducted a drill where they scrammed the reactor plant. They shut down the reactor plant for a slow recovery. So we had to come up to snorkel, and discovered that we were not hundreds of miles from it. We were smack dab in the middle of it. Uh, this is oh. long. This is long before you know the Weather Channel or anything like that. So. Um, so yeah, we spent about uh, eight, eight, nine hours on the basically on the surface in a in a Cat Three storm. It was uh, it was a fun night. And you were getting bounced around, no doubt. Oh yeah, yeah, because submarines don't have keels; they they have round bottoms. So it uh-huh. uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I I could imagine that it was. And you know, one of the things we talk about here when hurricane coverage comes around, this was projected to be a major storm. It looks like it came ashore as a Category 4, which can be extremely devastating. And uh, how much water you get in the storm, how fast it's moving, what the winds are doing, all of that in play. But one of the things we talk about, because of the and, – and they knew for a week this was coming. I mean, you've got some advance notice that there's one headed at least in your general direction. And folks notoriously underprepare for a storm. A lot of folks won't evacuate when evacuation is the right move. We see that regularly here when we have evacuations ordered in our community. And we always urge people, go, because you don't know. It can take a turn at the last minute, come on shore in a place that you didn't expect, no matter what that projected cone of uncertainty is. Uh, the cone of silence was, was more clear in communication than that cone of uncertainty. So uh, don't jump to coverage too early. Don't neglect to remind people what they need to do, but let's not panic people before panic is due, you know? Do you think that that has some play in, in what's going on right now with the, with the vaccine and the coronavirus? This idea that I don't trust what the government is putting out because of the control issues. If you, if you tell me that I have to mandatorily evacuate, then you get to control when I come back and Maybe maybe there's that element to it of I don't trust the government, I don't trust them. Um, you know, they've been wrong before. I, I've sat in Norfolk when we were told that Hugo was going to devastate Norfolk, and literally we got a little bit of, a little bit of rain. So mm-hmm. maybe there's that element to it of these guys, 
I don't know how your weathermen are down there, but our weathermen can't get it right, you know, a day in advance. So uh, is, is that an element to it? We just don't trust them. They're never right. Why listen? I don't think so to the degree you're talking about, because we've been fortunate. The folks with AccuWeather and, and every storm that we've covered that has impacted our area, and fortunately they've stayed off the coast, but we do get hammered with wind and rain. They have been very accurate on time and intensity time and time again through all the storm coverage we've done through the years here, and we've been very fortunate in that regard. Do I think there is some hype from some places? Uh, look, nobody wants Jim Cantori coming to your town, but uh, there is a promotional element about that with Weather Channel coverage, it, it would seem, in, in a lot of cases. Although, hey, they're going to where it's at, and they're reporting what they're seeing there. I'll give them that. But uh, there is some pre-storm hype that goes into it. We tend to cover it as, here's a matter of fact, you, you, we've been through it before. You know what you have to do to prepare. You know what you have to do to have your house ready. And as far as evacuations, not getting back is is key in a lot of people's minds, at least from those we've talked to in coverage here, because you want to get back, make sure your home's okay. Start uh, doing preventive maintenance if you need to, to keep further damage from occurring if you've had any, and, and to, to make sure everything is okay. So there is that element, I think, in refusing to evacuate. I don't think it's so much a distrust of the information, because the reporting that we've been able to see in, in Garner, and there there's a television station or two locally that do a really good job, especially when it comes to hurricanes. So it may be not so much there. You know, it's fascinating <laughs> to me. You know, you talk about Jim Cantore and the likes. I love sharks, uh, mostly because I like to see sharks eat things. Particularly, and I'm always fascinated when they eat people. And maybe that's my fascination with hurricanes is there's always, how do I say this politely, Bill? There are always stupid people involved with this who are going to do something stupid. And maybe I get some perverse uh, pleasure from, from seeing stupid, seeing bad things happen to stupid people. I don't know. That, that could be, you know, th- and hurricanes are not, they're not sneaky. I mean, everybody knows they're coming. They're not like a tornado that just blasts through or an earthquake that has no predictive motion to it. You know, right. hur- hurricanes don't... Uh, I don't know that anybody's ever been surprised by a hurricane, at least not in the 21st century. So, Well, not, not since the technology's gotten so good. Right. At least there shouldn't be. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that's part of my, my, my fascination with him is I'm, I'm always amazed at, you know, how many, how many people this time are going to be absolute morons and do something Were stupid. Were you glued to it yesterday? I know you had mm-hmm. webcams up looking at New Orleans. I wasn't way. glued to the hurricane coverage itself. I was fascinated by the webcams from uh, from a, the cat's meow on Bourbon Street just because again stupid people <laughs> I kept texting you guys about look there's there's some idiot on a bicycle out in the middle of the street taking pictures you know <laughs> making sure that he gets uh, a selfie a hurricane selfie you know every time I pass a volcano I take a volcano selfie of myself uh, maybe these mm-hmm. people do hurricane selfies I don't know are you gonna do that when the lava's flowing you know, um, I like to think I'm smarter than that, but reality probably is I probably would. If you found yourself in the position, it could be what happened. Dave Bowman with us in this hour, 321-768-1240. If you want to weigh in, we pick it up in a minute on WMMB. One of our sponsors on the program, Chateau Madeline, centrally located in Brevard in Suntry, and it's resort-style senior living and memory care, a place where life can get better with a real home. 
amenities like you'd find on a cruise ship or a resort. That's the commitment that Eric Hardoon brought to Chateau Madeline. He's the executive director there as he came in from the hospitality industry. No wonder they've got two restaurants, a cafe, miniature golf, a uh, fishing lake, walking trails, and first-class nursing care for your senior loved one. They've got a special offer if you're a Bill McLive listener, $1,500 off the activity fee when your senior loved one becomes a resident at Chateau Madeline. Learn more, SuntreeSeniorLiving.com, or give them a call and schedule a tour. This locally-owned facility, 321-701-8000 for Chateau Madeline. All right, Dave, getting to the real news we were going to talk today, not that Hurricane Ida is not real news, by the way, Stormwatch page at BillMick.com, brought to you by Paul Davis Restoration all season long, all the latest on the storm information there. Um, were you surprised when you saw, and you lived in California for 20-plus years, that Sirhan Sirhan was recommended by the parole board in California to get parole? No, I wasn't surprised at all. And, 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 see, and point of fact, the only surprise is that it took so long. I was kind of surprised by it. Okay, so I mean, this is a guy who kills uh, the the president's brother, the former president's brother, who was assassinated himself, who is running for president, a political assassination. I don't think that person ever gets out, but California seems to say, think differently. Is it, why didn't it surprise you? Well, because a it's it's California, and b we're talking about something that happened what fifty years ago plus now. It, how many mm-hmm. people? You know, how many people really remember this? I mean, you and I do, but I was four when it happened. I remember the day, but do I really grasp it? I mean, the people who were you and I then are already gone. I mean, they, that generation is gone. California is, you know, weird. Remember that he was sentenced to death under California law. This was not a federal case. It was a state case. He was sentenced to death. And then in 1971, before they could... Uh, exhaust the appeals and everything else, the Supreme Court struck down the death penalty. And so it was automatically converted to life, which in those days they did not have life without the possibility of parole. So it always was. I mean, Charles Manson used to regularly go to his his uh, parole hearings. And the only reason I, – I really believe the only reason he never got parole is because he, he kept saying he didn't want it. I mean, he had it good in prison. Right. Um, Sirhan Sirhan's parole does not surprise me for a lot of reasons, but the main one is that the state of California, quote unquote, chose not to oppose it. This is the part that everybody's skipping over is that the, the district attorney for, the, for, the, for Los Angeles, where the crime occurred, specifically and intentionally chose not to send a prosecutor to the hearing because he does not believe that the prosecution has any role after sentencing. So... If nobody's going to represent the state's interests, such as those are, um, what's the parole board of That's two people? That's a default win right there for right. the parole, right? Right. And you've got a board of two people. So you've got two people. You've got the former uh, attorney general, Senator Kennedy's sons, saying, we think our father would want him out. <laughs> that was the amusing thing. No one can speak definitively for what our father would say, they said, but we think he would want he, we believe that he would want him out of prison. So you have this storm of, of conditions that come about that, I mean, it's almost by default. Now, everybody's mad. Everybody's upset. And here's right. the other thing, Bill. I don't think he's going to get – We've got to pause, okay. and, and we'll, we'll pick it back up on the other side. You want in? We'll take those calls too. It's a Monday morning, and this is Bill Mick Live.
The time is 826. Galley Electric brings you hour three of our Monday morning, 321-768-1240. Let you take part in the conversation as Dave joins us from his nest in Silverdale, Washington, where he's a hurricane watcher extraordinaire. And uh, we'll get to Dave and his thoughts as we continue. Don't forget our insider email, daily event today. It'll link you back to the blog page. And um, last week's McNugget scripts. We had some fun nuggets last week, so you can catch up with those in the uh, insider email. Make sure you're signed up top of the page at BillMick.com. Dave, we were talking Sirhan Sirhan and the possibility of parole, and uh, as we went off the air, you were telling me you don't think, even though this has been recommended, that he ends up seeing the light of day. Tell me why. No, I don't I don't think he does. Number one, it's too divisive of an issue, but, but more importantly, you've got two people who recommended – it's 36 million people in California. Two of them recommended that he get parole. Uh, and this still has I'm to go. The parole board's that small. I was too, but you know it's L.A. County. Who knows what they're doing? Um, mm-hmm. This has to go to be approved. I mean, they don't have the final say. So there's a bunch of paperwork. There's a bunch of other people that have to sign off on it, and they may not. Um, eventually, it has to go to the governor of the state of California for final approval. And right now, because of the timing of this. There, I don't see any way in the world that Gavin Newsom approves the parole of Saran Saran for the simple reason that he's in the middle of a contentious recall, which is closer than he wants it to be. If he thought he was going to win in a landslide, that it wasn't even close, maybe he does that. But if he does sign off on this, I think this be, could very well become that unifying issue that the recall has been lacking, in my opinion. And that pushes things over the edge for him. I, I, I think it would be political suicide for him right now to approve that, which means that Sirhan Sirhan stays in jail because <laughs> Gavin Newsom wants to remain governor of the state of California so that he can eventually name himself senator. The, does that counter your argument that our collective memory is too short, that California really cares about this issue well, or not? No, because what will happen is Republican candidates – for the, for the recall, and, and again, I'm not judging the recall either way, but, but what will happen is that they, this will become that focal issue. Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. is soft on crime. He's so soft on crime that he let Sirhan Sirhan out of prison for killing a Kennedy, for killing Robert Kennedy. He let a, he let a hardened these, – these words will enter the conversation, Bill. He let a hardened Islamic terrorist out of prison for killing Kennedy – he, he's not fit to be governor. And by the way, they do noted in one of these stories that he's a Palestinian Christian. Right. They, but but you watch those words. Be, he's a Palestinian <laughs> because he's pro-Palestinian, anti-Israeli. So he uh-huh. was raised as a Christian. Who knows what he is now? I mean, the guy's been in prison for fifty years. Uh, those words will well, enter that into that. Raises another question, and I want to go there with you. If for some reason the governor would sign this, let's say it doesn't get to him till the recall's over, because that election is what next month. Mm-hmm. No, and it's is, early next month. So is it September? That, right? I thought it was. Yeah, it might be. I'd have to look at the date. For some reason, it's either November or September, and I don't remember. Sorry, I was thinking September. Nonetheless, he will have to spend six months in a, tr- a transitional home, and if you haven't been out in society in some fifty years, that's probably a good idea. Um, and he's going to be required while there to enroll 
in an alcohol abuse program. He's been in prison his entire adult life. There's no chance he's abusing any kind of real alcohol regularly unless Napa Valley is providing the, the drink services for California's prison. Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. <laughs> um, I read a study this morning. Did you know that 75% of all California prison inmates are some kind of substance abuse, either either drugs or alcohol? Um, it I'm is, not naive enough to believe they don't get both in oh, there. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah and but, that's... That's alcohol part of the abuse program. How how effective are the prisons? Is that is that the question? I don't, think they're, on this? I don't think they're very effective at all in California. I mean, yeah, I mean, keep in mind that these things were shut down by the feds a few years ago for being for being basically an abuse of the Eighth Amendment uh, because they were so overcrowded and so poorly managed. Now, was that you know I didn't was that a problem with the politics of the state of California or the policies of the state of California? Those are issues you can debate, but the bottom line is the the abuse issues in the state in the in the prisons in the state of California are are horrific. And considering that a lot of people are in there because of drugs to begin with, drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. to begin with, and then you know, I mean, I was on a submarine. We, Bill, you know this. It's it's possible to make hooch. It, it doesn't take it doesn't take a rocket science to do that. And right. given the rather I wouldn't call them loose, but, you know, let's face it. There's only so many guards to go around. Mm-hmm. You, you know this is a problem. I know it's a problem. Hell, they get cell phones in there. I mean, come on. Sure. So it, that, that oh, doesn't surprise me at all. There's no doubt, yeah. and I get that. Yeah. But uh, alcoholism that he's going to need to be treated for, leave in prison after 50 well, years I, I, that's a little bit of a stretch right we don't we don't uh, we don't know if he's actually an alcoholic maybe it was just a noted issue somewhere along the way you know or it's a standard condition when 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 parole was issued i i looked that up this morning and it is actually it's among the things that can be assigned but it's not automatic so it's hard to say for sure um but at the same time Maybe maybe it's a preventative measure. I mean, the guy's been locked away for 50 years, and maybe he hasn't had a drop of alcohol in 50 years, and they want to make sure he stays that way. It's possible, but who knows? It's a straight. Well, you're like right. You it said, is it's strange. probably not going to happen. Right. But interesting that that two person parole board voted to make it go. Yeah, that's well. I mean, the the the, the county of L.A. refused to send anybody. You've got the pres the presidents the the former attorney general's sons there saying we we think you should let him go. I, I mean. Pro, parole boards are, are just like anybody else. They're blinded by celebrity. And let's face it, Kennedy is a celebrity. I, I still say that if everything else is the same and Surin Surin had shot George Wallace instead of Robert Kennedy, he'd probably out of prison 30 years ago. But because it was a Kennedy, we're, we're kind of going through this. That doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it justice. American royalty, basically. Right, right. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it justice. Doesn't make any of that. But... We have a, that redneck governor from the South. Right. Yeah. We have uh, a redneck racist governor from the South. I mean, that doesn't play in California. So we're. Yeah, uh, that's true. There's, uh, there's certain, certainly a blind spot we have as Americans when it comes to the Kennedys. And that's been seen in far more than just the Robert Kennedy assassination. Yeah, that's very, very true. Dave, bear with me a second. O'Galley Electric making this hour of the program possible. We are in month three, almost approaching month four, hurricane season. What do you do to prepare yourself in your home, number one? You get ready before the storm shows up. 
like hopefully most folks did on the Gulf Coast, well, Galley Electric can help you get ready with a Generac home standby generator for your home, keeping your family, your safety, and comfort in mind and uh, taking care of you, the kids, the pets, whatever may be there. And O'Galley Electric maintains a large inventory of these Generac automatic standby generators. You see, they're a major Generac supplier. So there's no delay when you decide on the one that's right for you and the delivery, installation, service, and maintenance of your Generac home standby generator. Call O'Galley Electric today, 321-425-3343, or see them online at eggenerators.com. Get a free estimate and no waiting for your Generac home standby generator from our friends at O'Galley Electric. 321-768-1240 lets you weigh in as Dave Bowman joins us for this third hour of a Monday morning. Dave, wrapping up the Sirhan Sirhan thing, are there other notables that are coming up that you're aware of at all in California? I mean, I realize you're not there anymore, mm. but who else could they be letting out? Charles Manson's dead, so that's Charles, Charlie's dead, and you know, I, I, I almost said unfortunately, but he could rot in hell. You know, there's always some, there's always parole hearings in California, and parole is a big issue. Um, th- th- there were there were issues when Schwarzenegger was governor; he pardoned a murderer who happened to be the speaker of the house's son, and that caused a big political brouhaha, probably. Probably hurt Arnold as a, as governor more than anything else. So, so parole, you're thinking Newsom sitting back saying, "Man, I wish this wouldn't have come up right now." Right, or or he's looking at it thinking, "This is how I win this by by showing people that I'm not soft on." For all I know, maybe he's playing it that way. But, you know, this will show people I'm not soft on yeah, crime. Who knows? Yeah. Let's do something fun when we continue, Dave. It's uh, college football in earnest this coming weekend. Got some of those stories in play as we continue on Bill McLeod. <laughs> chances ahead of you today starting in our next hour for you and a friend to win your way to the iHeartRadio Music Festival in Las Vegas next month 9 a.m., 1 p.m., and 5 p.m. hours of the day. Listen for the cues of text. You could win the trip and a grand to spend while you're there from iHeartRadio. Brought to you locally by Gatto's Tire and Auto Service. 321-764-40 if you want to jump in as Dave Bowman wraps up this Monday with us in an hour brought to you by O'Galley Electric Dave, you're a big college football guy. I like college football probably better, definitely better than the NFL. Um, and it's going to had a few games over this past weekend, but it's going to kick off in earnest this coming weekend. Uh, looks like our your Sooners and my Mountaineers may be going different directions as far as where they eventually land with the breakup of the uh, Big Twelve, almost imminent. It would seem. Yeah, although I'm not yeah. sure how soon that's going to be. I've seen everywhere from next year to 2026. We'll see what happens. 2025, the first year, I think everybody like Texas is out and, and whoever right. else was leaving, I forget. Right, and there could be there could be law legal challenges to it and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I watched the uh, I watched the Illinois Nebraska game yesterday because I hate Nebraska. Always have. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Illinois one way or the other, and I have a lot of friends that are Nebraska fans, and so they were all celebrating in the first quarter. <laughs> I kept saying. You know what? It's Illinois. It's the first quarter of the first game. Relax, dude. And, of course, as it turned out, Nebraska still sucks, and I'm fine with that. But, I, you know, I, I just enjoyed watching so the Illinois game. So came back and won that game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I just enjoyed watching the game. It was it was fun to watch college football again. Um, you know, I, I've never been a big fan of the the power conference school versus the powder puff division two school or whatever. Games that right. get played. I, I, 
I, frankly, I think I, if I were the commissioner or whatever, the king of the NCAA for one day, that's the rule I would pass. If you play a lower division school after week one, you are ineligible for the national championship, period. You, you can't. I think that'd be a good rule. Yeah, you can't. I'm so tired of Alabama versus Slippery Rock in week seven. I mean, that, that stuff's got to stop. But Although there was something really nice a few years ago about Appalachian State spanking Michigan on opening day. Yeah, but it was on opening day. I mean, if that's in week seven, yeah, that's that's a different story. But but at the same time, yeah, that was that was wonderful. But Appalachian State's a pretty good team. Like you know, remember Marshall in in Division two or Division three, whatever it was. You know, they were they were a lower division one double A or whatever. But they were they were a very good team. And, and Chad Pennington, Randy Moss, and yeah. and, a, and a bunch of other guys that, yeah. that did some significant things, most yeah. certainly. Yeah, I don't know what they what do they call it now FBS or something or FCS or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy watching my hometown Weber State play in that. I, I I love the Sooners. I loved Navy. I love to watch Navy play. And thank God for CBS because they carry almost all the Navy games. But mm-hmm. you know, there is something pageantry about college football that I like. I don't think it's as good as NFL football just because of the disparity in teams. Uh, although there's I'm a lot. I'm starting of- to see it a lot like. The difference between college basketball and, and and pro basketball, though, is that the college game may now be crafted better than right. the NFL game itself. Not the talent level, but the actual game and the rules thereof. Yeah, I could I yeah. could agree with that. Um, and and there are so <laughs> many teams in college, and and I'm okay with that. But at the same time, it does tend to dilute the talent levels down. I mean, it. it I guess it's the it's the standard complaining, and I, I say this as an Oklahoma fan. You know, it's it's the standard complaining about the rich get richer and nobody else can can do anything, and it's uh, it is kind of frustrating at times. But at the same time, what I like about college football is on any given Saturday, Appalachian State can beat Michigan, and that's what makes it exciting. Yeah, and and the thing about so many teams is there are generally good choices every hour of your football weekend to find a game that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. And and yeah. and even games for teams that that you know you have no interest in, you have no connection to can become some of the most intense games you'll ever watch. It's it's great. Yeah, that's very true. Well, let's take you to, to one of your uh, favorites in Nick Saban at Alabama. <laughs> Cuz I know you're a big fan. Um Ugh. He was asked recently uh with the season beginning this coming weekend, about Jaleel Billingsley, a tight end that plays for Alabama, and uh, started his status before the season begins. He had seven catches, 287 yards, three touchdowns last year. Uh, Billingsley missed time earlier in camp over coronavirus issues, has been working his way back. Saban not too happy with the progress, according to and, and he's very blunt when he answers a lot of reporter questions anyway, and they ask him about Jaleel Billingsley, and he said, that's up to him. It's not up to me. He knows what he's supposed to do in practice. He's known what he's supposed to do. This is not a democracy. Everybody doesn't get to do what they want to do. Everybody doesn't get to do what they feel like doing. You get to buy in and do what you're supposed to do to be a part of the team and to do the things you need to do in practice every day. Sense of urgency, play fast, execute, do your job. Have we lost that, that, you know what? My kids had that expectation when they played scholastic sports. I had it of myself when I played scholastic sports. Are we losing that right now? Because 
folks seem to be shocked at the Saban comment. I don't know why they're shocked at it. I mean, that's that's Nick Saban 101. I, I, I struggle with this, Bill, because I grew up in that era of, you know, my Little League coach was basically a clone of Vince Lombardi. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was like regimented and you do this thing. And it was kind of funny because I hurt my ankle one day playing Little League football and nobody batted an eye, get back in there, play this, that, and the other. And about 20 years later, I found out that my ankle was broken. There was this, but there was this mindset of. Rub a little dirt on it and go on, man. Let's go. Art Donovan playing with a broken leg for the Colts and that kind of stuff. There's a part of me now that with the way that my body is now that says that was stupid. And maybe it's better. This guy's recovering from COVID. I'm pretty sure, having been there myself, it takes a while before he's going to be ready to, you know, play as a full lawn tight end in the SEC. I, I don't know why Saban. Well, that is also perfect. doesn't mean that because he played well last year, right. That you want him in the lineup, or that he's capable of being in the lineup if he's playing under the weather. Right. It just it. And I'm with Saban here. It's college football. I mean, how many people does he have on that roster? Eighty. I mean, the likelihood yeah, is is somebody 100. else. There's somebody else there. So. I, why he would push him that hard, I don't know. I think I think that there's room for compassion and room for, for, you know, not going easy on people. But at the same time, I Nick Saban is a guy I understand because when I coached, I was the same way. I mean, I used to I used to hold practices in the rain because if we can play in the rain, we can play in the sun. You know, it's like, and I yeah. look back at myself now thinking. God, I was insane. No, you weren't. You, <laughs> you were doing what you should have been doing, and I will argue that till the day I'm gone. We're back in 60 seconds. Dave Bowman with us, talking a little college football on Bill McLive. Talking just a little college football as we wrap up a Monday morning on Bill McLive. Dave Bowman with us from Silverdale, Washington. Dave, I'm going to shift gears on you real quickly. I've got no fewer than three stories in front of me about college mascots and the politically correct nonsense that is around any mascot name these days, and we've talked this at the professional level a couple, three times here on the show, but one of them got my attention from the Oklahoman because it's not your Sooners, but it's the uh, nationwide survey done by an Illinois logo printer that lists Pistol Pete, Oklahoma State's mascot, as um, the worst. Less than, yeah, the worst mascot out there. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I, you know, of course, I don't really care for Oklahoma State, but uh, at the same time, you know, I, I see these things come out there, and it, it, one of the things I've learned along the way, Bill, is always go to the source. Who's actually putting this out? And this is some Illinois logo printer that nobody's yeah. ever heard of. Uh, and, and who cares? It's right. kind of fun. You know? it, it is fun. I mean, I, I completely agree with him. Pistol Pete is absolutely terrible. Not for the reasons that he puts down, but, but but Pistol Pete just sucks because Oklahoma State sucks. Um, but, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I mean, I've seen some pretty bad mascots. Remember the San Francisco Giants once had a giant crab as their mascot. So I don't know who's in charge of I, – I, I know the story of Pistol Pete and how he came about and all that but because he was a real guy. They didn't actually do that that mascot dummy thing until this guy died in – the late 1950s or something. So really, I yeah, didn't know that. yeah, yeah cool. he was a real yeah. guy. It, uh, you know, for me, for my money, I mean, the Wyoming cowboy, what they call that guy? Cowboy Joe is basically the same character. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's a little, 
you know, you got Ugga down in Georgia. You've got the Falcon out in uh, Colorado Springs. You got the goat in, in, in Annapolis and so forth and so on. So I don't know. Some of these mascots are great. Some of them are just silly. And some of them well, are. You've got Billy the Warrior at the University of Hawaii right. who gets some bit panned by these folks. Right. The Aztec Warrior at San Diego State. Uh, Osceola and Renegade at Florida State, which, by the way, are approved by the Seminole Tribe here. Right, and right. for now that'll be the case. Have you seen the new uh, San Diego State helmets? If you haven't no. seen, the, if you haven't seen their new helmets, you should really Google that because they are really sharp, really sharp. Oh, yeah? But they're getting a bunch of crap about their mascot and name and the racial overtones of it as well. So that's the direction we're headed with all this. Is we're going to become so politically correct that we're going to lose sight of what we're actually doing here, which is playing football or basketball yeah, or baseball yeah. or whatever. Another story, uh, this one from The Blaze, Notre Dame fighting Irish leprechaun, <laughs> latest mascot to get labeled offensive, and the school defends against the woke crowd. That uh, Anything that gives Notre Dame pain, I'm kind of happy yeah, about. I, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, I'm with you on that yeah. one. I, I, if I had to pick the schools that I really hate, Notre Dame, Brigham Young would be right up there at the top of the list. Alabama would be at the top of the list. Speaking of which, why is Alabama's mascot an elephant? But yeah, I mean, how is how is Notre Dame's leprechaun because offensive? Because the elephant is the closest characterization to something as big as a tide, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't understand how a leprechaun is offensive to anybody, but that's... You know, what are you going to do? Hey, it's worked on Lucky Charms forever. What can you say? Yeah. Hey, here, and also in this story, a high school in Portland voted to change its mascot from the Trojans to the Evergreens. You go from being a powerful <laughs> warrior to a flipping breath mint, right? Or a prophylactic device to a breath mint, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Had to go with that, didn't you? Um, it, it's You're right. We are getting... Um, we're getting distracted. Last story on this, Valparaiso replaces yeah. their Crusaders with the name Beacons. I, I didn't realize Valparaiso was a purported Christian school, but so yep. they say they are, and they are no longer <laughs> Crusaders. No. They're now going to be Beacons. Because no. Crusaders is offensive, Bill. Don't you get it? I mean, that's uh, I do that's get it. I'm just sick of it. Let's. The, you know what? I'm glad the weekend is coming, Dave, and we can actually watch, watch some football. Yep, I am too. And for those of you that are uh, – tuning in today. I just got a few seconds here. I'm going to tell you something that you don't know. Bill is not feeling good. I'm not going to tell you anything why. Bill does not feel good. So if, you've, uh, if you're one of those thoughts and prayers people, keep Bill in your thoughts and prayers today because he is really hurting. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. And, 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 yeah, we muddled through. We got yeah. through it. We yeah. did a day. You look terrible, we can still talk. But, but we got through it. It yeah. can't be hurting if you can still talk, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been through what you're going through, and I'm telling you, yeah, you can. <laughs> I appreciate it, Dave Bowman. Always good to talk to you, my friend. We'll talk again soon. All right. See you next week. All right, bud. Oh, Galley Electric made the hour possible. I'll get the nugget done, and we'll see what else is happening. And I'll meet you back here in the morning at 6 for our next edition of Bill McLive.